0: Good Wednesday and welcome into Southern Middle Tennessee today here on Front Porch Radio. It is your Front Porch Radio news with all the news that is news from across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and beyond. My name is Chris Yao and I'm filling in for Tom Price for the rest of the week. I'm happy to be bringing you all of that news. We'll start with local news. Nearly 5,000 schools for black children were built between 1912 and 1937 across 15 southern states, including Tennessee, to drive improvement in the educational system for black children that would become the leaders of the civil rights movement in the United States. Of the 354 schools built in the state, 15 of them were in Murray County. Three of those are now featured in an exhibit at the Tennessee State Museum's most recent exhibit. Building a Bright Future, Black Communities, and Rosenwald Schools in Tennessee, presented in partnership with Fisk University's John Hope and Aurelia E. Franklin Library. Rosenwald Schools were named for the Sears and Roebuck Company's President Julius Rosenwald, who partnered with Booker T. Washington at the Tuskegee Institute to build the schools across the region. Partnering with the John Hope and Aurelia E. Franklin Library at Fisk University was essential to developing the exhibit, the State Museum said in a statement. We knew in order for such an exhibit to be successful, we would need to start by reaching out to and familiarizing ourselves with the previous work done by organizations who had already been preserving and telling the histories of these schools, said Matthew Galani, lead curator of the exhibition. It truly has been a privilege to work on this exhibit over the past year, he said. In particular, the generosity of alumni and community leaders in sharing their histories and memories has been a very humbling experience. We hope that this exhibit will help act as a platform for communities across the state to tell their stories and highlight the importance of Rosenwald schools, not only in Tennessee's past, but to its present and future as well. Locally, the African American Heritage Society of Murray County has been instrumental in making the exhibit better by the preservation of so much history in the county. Murray County had the best building program in the state, according to historian Joanne McClellan's research. She noted in 1921, Professor O.H. Bernard, Department of Public Instructions, reported in the local newspaper that not only has Murray County one of the largest building programs for its schools in the state, but it unquestionably has the best building scheme in Tennessee. No county in Tennessee has made greater progress in public education than Murray McClellan, who was a second-generation student of a Rosenwald school, recalled how the community took on the daunting task of educating young students through more than book learning. Boys often began the fall and winter school days pumping water and building fires. Girls and boys both helped the teacher clean the school and maintain the ground, she said. The teachers emphasized strict standards of personal deportment, attention to their studies, as well as fun to children sharing lunches and the positive life learnings from their parents and teachers. McClellan said she hopes visitors will see that the attributes in the exhibit and learn more about how black students learned prior to the civil rights movement. I hope the visitors will appreciate the community's desire to educate their children and their belief that education was the true path to freedom, she said. The visitors will learn about the history of the Rosenwald schools and their importance in the education of the students in rural African-American communities and the importance of the Rosenwald-Washington collaboration in the education of African-American students for more than 40 years in Murray County. Fisk University librarian or Arna Wendell Bontemps acquired the Julius Rosenwald Fund archives on behalf of the university in 1948. The collection documents the history of the Rosenwald Fund, including the school building program. It's now preserved by the John Hope and Aurelia E. Franklin Library Special Collections and Archives. The library and museum teams traveled across the state, making stops in all three Grand Divisions and connecting with many Rosenwald School communities. They met with Rosenwald School alumni and descendants who shared their stories and experiences. The 4,000-square-foot exhibit is a culmination of those visits, together with personal alumni and educator accounts, in an effort to highlight 16 of the more than 350 communities that housed Rosenwald schools. It aims to engage visitors in understanding the history and significance of these schools and the surrounding communities along with current preservation efforts. It truly has been a privilege to work on this exhibit over the past year, said Galani, in particular the generosity of the alumni leaders in sharing their histories and memories. District-level results for Tennessee standardized tests were released Tuesday, revealing key data as schools continue to work to offset learning loss from the coronavirus pandemic. The release comes after statewide results posted last month showed gains across all subjects tested, English, language arts, math, science, and social studies, with scores largely matching or surpassing pre-pandemic levels. Shelby County Schools, Metro Nashville Public Schools, and Knox County Schools, the state's three largest districts, all posted gains in proficiency scores across all grades in all of those subjects from last year. They also surpassed pre-pandemic proficiency rates in all of those subjects. All three districts also made gains in math and science proficiency from last year. Math proficiency rates are still lagging behind pre-pandemic rates, but science increased compared to the last two years. However, since science standards changed in 2021, pre-pandemic data is not comparable. Tennessee Comprehension Assessment Program results for the rest of the state's public schools districts varied widely. Tennessee has 141 public school districts, not including those operated by the State Board of Education or the Achievement School District. The Tennessee Department of Education reported 68 districts saw nearly 40% of students scored as met expectations or exceeded across all grades and subjects tested. An additional 19 districts reported 50% of students scored in the met or exceeded categories, and the majority of the districts also increased overall proficiency rates compared to last school year, while roughly 75% increased those rates compared to 2019-2020. These results reflect the dedication and continuous efforts of the Tennessee districts and educators to prepare students and make academic gains, newly appointed Tennessee Education Commissioner Lizette Reynolds said in a news release from the department. Using the data to make informed decisions and strategic investments in education, Tennessee is well prepared for the work that lies ahead and we will continue to put kids first. A closer look of local data shows that English and Language Arts in Murray County were at 29.6%, which is up from last year and ahead of pre-pandemic levels. In math, 23.2% of students were proficient, also up from last year, but slightly down from pre-pandemic levels. In science, it was 34.4%, which was up from last year, and in social studies, 34% up from last year and ahead of pre-pandemic levels. In Williamson County Schools, it was 69.8% students in English language arts, which was up slightly from last year and ahead of pre-pandemic levels. In math, 66.4% of students were met or exceeds up from last year and below pre-pandemic levels. Science was up from last year as well at 75.9%, while social studies was at 76.1%, which is ahead of pre-pandemic levels, but down from last year. And now a special report from station owner and operator Delk Kennedy. We'll go to you now, Delk.
1: This is Elk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I am in Spring Hill on Main Street at the 20th anniversary celebration for DeBerry Insurance Agency. I'm speaking with Eric DeBerry, who is one of the partners, along with his wife, in this insurance agency, uh, Eric, congratulations. Well, thank you so much, Doug. Great to see you, and thanks for coming out today. We really appreciate it. Uh, we are just got the, both chambers here, the Murray Alliance and Spring Hill Chamber, and a few dignitaries here, and uh, some friends and family, and uh, just, just glad to have everybody out today. We've got some great food and just uh, a, lot of, a lot of camaraderie, so we're just enjoying the afternoon. So you've been right here in Spring Hill for 20 years. 20 years right here at 5232 Main Street. Yeah, we we bought the building 20 years ago and uh, just been here ever since. That's fantastic. Now, give us a little flavor of what you offer here at DeBerry Insurance. Well, we're an independent insurance agency here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Uh, we, we write business all over the state of Tennessee, Georgia, and Kentucky, and um, we're independent. We write home, auto, business insurance, and life insurance uh, with multiple carriers. We're not just representing one company. So usually we find the not only the best coverage, but at the best price. That's our goal. Wow, that's amazing. Give us a website and phone number, please, sir. Sure. Uh, www.dberryinsurance.com and our phone number is 931-486-3300. One more time. dberryinsurance.com and uh, 931-486-3300. All right, that's great. Again, Dell Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I'm at the 20th anniversary celebration of DeBerry Insurance Agency. I've been speaking with Eric DeBerry right here in downtown Spring Hill, Tennessee, on Main Street. And Eric, again, congratulations. All right, buddy. Thank you, and uh, thanks also to my wife, Chris. Uh, couldn't uh, we? Uh, great partnership, and uh, you know, long longevity is uh, turning out well. Awesome.
0: Thanks, Delk, and we'll be right back with more on Southern Middle Tennessee today here on Front Porch Radio, WKOM, WKRM. Glad to have you with us again. Once again, I'm Chris Yao, filling in for Tom Price. We'll be right back with Hometown Memorials and a look at state news right after this.
1: Keep listening, 101.7, 103.7, WKOM, WKRM, Delk Kennedy, owner, operator. Great to have you with us. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association. Funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board.
3: You're listening to your local
1: radio.
0: Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee today on this Wednesday edition, July 19th. Thank you for tuning in to Front Porch Radio, WKRM. I'm Chris Yao filling in for Tom Price. I'll be here the rest of the week bringing you all the news that is news from across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and beyond. We take a look now at state news. Blood Assurance is issuing a critical plea to the public about donating platelets. As of last week, the nonprofit organization only had 15 platelet units available. Blood Assurance needs 75 to 100 platelet units on its shelves every day to a supply of the more than 70 hospitals around the region. Platelets are unique because of their short shelf life. We need these collections regularly, said Dr. Liz Culler, Chief Medical Officer for Blood Assurance platelets are an irregular disc-shaped element in the blood that assists in blood clotting people with certain blood disorders may not be able to produce healthy platelets on their own platelets are needed by patients who experience trauma bleeding during surgery patients with aplastic anemia transplant recipients patients with leukemia and patients receiving treatment for cancer the need is critical said color our family members friends and neighbors battling cancer cancer, and other debilitating illnesses may very well require platelet transfusions as part of their treatment. The time to act is now. To encourage more people to donate through Saturday, Blood Assurance is awarding each donor a commemorative beach towel and a chance to win a kayak or paddleboard and a $100 Bass Pro gift shop card. Platelet donors can give every seven days and up to 24 times a year. The process usually takes between 60 and 90 minutes. And to be eligible to donate, you must be 17 years old or 16 years old with a parent's consent, weigh 110 pounds or more, and be in good health. Donors are asked to drink plenty of fluids and eat a hearty meal prior to donating. You can visit bloodassurance.org forward slash schedule or call 800-962-0628 or text B-A-G-I-V-E to 999-777 to schedule your appointment. Walk-ins are also accepted. Bristol Motor Speedway and the Urban League of Middle Tennessee have signed a community benefits agreement in support of a deal for Bristol to lease and operate the Nashville Fairground Speedway, according to a news release. The two entities are advocating for support of the deal, which hasn't been scheduled to go in front of Metro Council for a vote. The benefits agreement is legally binding for a five-year period beginning after revenue bonds are issued for the project by Metro Sports Authority. It is subject to automatic renewal for an additional five-year period, not to exceed a total of 30 years. According to the signed document, either party has the power to terminate the deal at each renewal window. The signed agreement includes a minimum pay of $18.50 per hour for future local Bristol Speedway employees with preferences to Davidson County Minority Business Enterprises and Diverse Business Enterprises. The outlined goal will be 30% for such businesses for construction, supply, and post-construction of the Nashville Fairground Speedway. The Urban League of Middle Tennessee is eager to begin working with Bristol Motor Speedway to ensure the entire community is represented as restoration begins at the historic fairground Speedway, said Urban League President and CEO Clifton Harris. According to the release, Bristol Motor Speedway is also entering partnerships with the following organizations. Glencliff High School and Fall Hamilton Elementary School to invest resources into student success. Connexion Americas and Casa Azafran is a facility to support the Latino community around the Speedway. Operation Stand Down Tennessee to support military veterans and their families, and the Boys and Girls Clubs of Middle Tennessee to provide educational access and activities for program participants. The Urban League of Middle Tennessee has been critical to the economic empowerment, equality, and social justice for African-Americans and other underserved communities in the Nashville area, said Bristol Motor Speedway President Jerry Caldwell. We are thrilled to be working with Clifton and his team for years to come. Enforcement of the terms will fall to a six-person committee comprised of Bristol Motor Speedway and Urban League representatives. The committee will also include residents from neighborhoods adjacent to the project. Harris likened the possibility of the Speedway improvements to projects already completed at the fairgrounds, including the Flea Market, Expo Center, and Geodas Park. The project represents opportunities for our local workforce to contribute to this major project in our city, Harris said. Notably, the first community benefits agreement used in Nashville was that between the Nashville Soccer Club ownership group and Stand Up Nashville ahead of the approval of Geodas Park construction in 2018. Urban League also recently brokered an agreement with a real estate developer that had previously failed to reach an agreement with Stand Up. The East Nashville Apartment Redevelopment Plan was ultimately approved by Metro Council. Tennessee saw more than 31,000 members lose 10-care coverage in the first month of redetermination, according to a recent unwinding report. Of the 80,000 renewals in the month of April, there were 43,666 who remained eligible for the coverage. Redetermination of Care eligibility was blocked during the COVID-19 health emergency rules between March 2020 and March 31st. That meant anyone who qualified once for the programs continued to be eligible until this year. Normally, states are required to check Medicaid eligibility once per year. Despite the start of redetermination, Care still reached a high of 1.8 million enrolled in the program in May. Those who were determined to no longer be eligible for coverage were referred to the federal health care marketplace. TenCare went into the state of emergency with 1.3 million members and expected membership to peak at 1.8 before the completed redetermination and process is expected to bring that number back down to 1.3 million. The extra members from the COVID-19 emergency pause is expected to cost Tennessee $500 million this year. Overall, 1.3 million in the United States have lost Medicaid eligibility since redetermination began March 31st, with Florida disenrolling 303,000 and Arizona next at 149,000, according to numbers from the Kaiser Family Foundation. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services recently announced new rules to prevent those who still qualify for Medicaid from losing services, including allowing managed care plans to help complete portions of renewal forms and allowing pharmacies and community organizations to help with reinstatement for those recently disenrolled. Nobody who is eligible for Medicaid or the Children's Health Insurance Program should lose coverage simply because they changed addresses, didn't receive a form, or didn't have enough information about the renewal process, said U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra. The Tennessee Attorney General's office filed a lawsuit on Friday against six out-of-state liquor distribution companies. It said delivered liquor to Tennessee addresses without the appropriate licenses. The companies are Bottle Buzz, Cask Cartel, The Liquor Bros, My Bev Store, Primetime Liquor, and Wooden Cork, all of which were on websites where shoppers can order alcohol for delivery. According to the lawsuit, there's no license that allows out-of-state companies to ship liquors directly to Tennessee consumers. Doing so is a Class E felony, the lawsuit says. The specific allegations in the lawsuit are the result of an investigation by undercover agents for the Tennessee Alcoholic Beverage Commission, After staff attorneys sent the company's cease and desist letters, the agents placed orders on their websites to be delivered to Tennessee address. They received the drinks, quote, untaxed and unauthenticated, a news release states. In case you're wondering, here are the six drinks undercover TABC agents ordered for their investigation as per the lawsuit. A fifth of Evan Williams' peach whiskey, a fifth of Blanton's single-barrel bourbon, One dozen 50-milliliter bottles of Sheepdog Peanut Butter Whiskey, a fifth of Bird Dog Blackberry Flavored Whiskey, a fifth of Jack Daniel's Old Number 7 Tennessee Whiskey, and a fifth of Tito's. The plaintiff is seeking an order prohibiting the companies from continuing to ship alcohol directly to customers, civil penalties pursuant to the Tennessee Consumer Protection Act, and reimbursement for their investigation. The AG's office said that this is the first time a Tennessee Attorney General has used the 21st Amendment Enforcement Act, a federal law passed in 2000 that gives state attorneys the power to sue anyone they believe to have illegally be moving alcohol within the state. The TABC thanked Attorney General Jonathan Scribetti for the litigation. All right, it is time for our final break of the day. We'll take a moment here to pay some bills and come back to Front Porch Radio, Southern Middle Tennessee today with Chris Yao and more news right after this.
1: As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for
0: detail and thoughtfulness, and taking the time to see that things are done right.
2: We do have nice facilities and good people, and we work hard to do things well. But we don't want
0: that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern.
1: Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on.
3: you're listening to your local radio.
0: Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee today on Front Porch Radio WKRM, WKOM, with all the news that is news from across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and beyond. I'm Chrissy Out, filling in for Tom Price. We have time now to take a look at our final story of the day. The Well Outreach is preparing for another expansion from its current location on Main Street and Spring Hill. When we moved into this building on Main Street and Spring Hill, we never thought we would fill it to capacity. When we first moved here, we were serving 200, maybe 250 families a month through our food pantry, Shelley Sasson, the Well Outreach CEO, said. During COVID, however, the pantry saw the number of families it served double to more than 500, and last month, the well served 1,005 families. Of those 1,005 families, 65% of them live in Columbia, and 77% of the total live in Murray County, Sassen said. That sparked the idea of finding a space in Columbia to make sure they could serve the community in the most efficient way possible. Our goal is to build a second location which will give this location a little bit of relief and better meet the needs of our guests down here, she said. There's poverty everywhere. It's a matter of how much is seen and the quantity of it. There are people in Williamson County living in poverty, but as we go south, we are surprised to see the sheer numbers and also the lack of grocery stores in some of our more rural areas. Access to food is just as important as being able to afford it, Sassen said, which is why the well is dedicated to finding a building or land in Columbia that can serve even more of Murray County. As we spread the word, we're hoping for new partners now and letting people know we are coming. We need land and buildings while we build a team to get ready to launch. We'll probably serve a thousand families the day we open our doors, so we need to raise about a million dollars just to build it out. Sassen, with the help of Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt, also applied for a $500,000 grant that would bring a semi-truck trailer with a grocery store inside to Columbia in order to quickly begin meeting the needs of the community. If we don't receive that grant, we may start with a smaller campus to start while we raise funds for the building we need, which we think will be about 10,000 to 15,000 square feet, Sassen said. The Well Outreach also serves at-risk students with the Jetpack Project, a backpack food program, which provides food for children during the weekend. The program was started more than 10 years ago and serves 800 students each week at 25 different schools in southern Williamson County and Murray County. A mobile food pantry is also available for families in need, and there are currently 15 mobile food distributions scheduled for the year, with schools being used as the distribution site. Sasson said the food comes from Second Harvest through a partnership started five years ago. And the Mobile Food Pantry runs from March until November with two distributions each month. The Food Pantry is located at 5306 Main Street in Spring Hill and is open Tuesday to Thursday from 10 to 2 and 6 to 8 p.m. And it's on Saturday as well from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The pantry is closed on Sunday, Monday, and Friday. Each household can visit the pantry twice per month and as often as needed for bread. And that's going to do it for Southern Middle Tennessee today here on Front Porch Radio News. Again, I'm Chris Yao filling in for Tom Price all week long. Thank you for tuning in on this Wednesday. We'll see you again tomorrow. Until then, stay cool, Columbia.